a good investor is going to make sure they're putting aside money every month. So it's like when you get paid rent, it's not just like you get paid rent and it goes to your pocket. First, you have if you have a mortgage, you're definitely paying the mortgage first. You know, pity, uh, P-I-T-I, payment, insurance, uh, taxes, you know what I'm saying? So you got to pay for all that. You do put aside for CapEx, which is capital expenditures, which means like anything that goes wrong to the property. But then there's also like other small reserves you're putting to the side too. This is to help keep you safe and protected for if that does, if there are unexpected expenses. Part one of two part series, short-term rental versus long-term rental, turnover and wear and tear. Welcome to Uncommon State of Mind, where we debate different ways to leverage your next investment to create time freedom, legacy impact, and generational wealth. My name is Joey Garba, AKA Mr. J Mays. What's good, what's good, and I'm Adam Ladaldu, also known as at AD The Fly Realtor. Awesome, so what we're doing right now, we're actually getting ready to hop right into the debate, man. Um, what we do before we before we hop into it is we pour some drinks uh, because sometimes these debates can get a little heated. <laughs> so, and we need to remind ourselves that we're still friends. Yeah, we get uh, so I was like, wait, you guys are chilling. Don't go crazy, all right? So we got to take a sip from time to time. Um, the first thing that we're going to go ahead and debate is, um, here's the question, actually. Are short-term rentals a better investment than traditional rentals? Easy. No. <laughs> next question the <laughs> first topic that we're going to go ahead and hop into in regards to that is turnover okay so i'll go ahead and hop right into the turnover conversation i believe that short-term rentals are superior to superior i said it superior to long-term rentals for a couple of reasons especially in regards to turnover because we can control uh the guests that stay in our apartment uh, when it comes to long-term rent, after you guys do your background checks, after you guys go ahead and, uh, you know, vet your tenants, however, in which we can also do, you then let them stay if they mess it up or if they act crazy, it's not like you can do anything about that. Uh, one thing that we can do is if a guest is acting crazy, you know, we can ask them to go ahead and leave immediately. Um, next thing is, and on top of that, and why I say that is because Say you do have a bad guest in there. Not only they're messing up the property, <clears throat> all of a sudden they decide to stop paying rent, right? They stop paying rent and now you have to go through the entire eviction process in order to get them out of your property. That eviction process normally, and we live in California, normally that'll take, if you're good, maybe two, maybe three months. We just got out of a moratorium, meaning people can squat in your property for longer <laughs> than what they could have back in the day. I, had a, I actually have a friend who was a realtor. She came to me. She's like, man, people do not want to rent out here in Cali, uh, or at least not right now. I have a couple of, she says she had multiple, multiple landlords come up to her and be like, okay. uh, we, we've had people squatting in our apartment for six months and not paying rent. You over here, you know, during those six months, you're accumulating expenses. Yeah, I'm right. talking about we're talking about unpaid rent. We're talking about property taxes, anywhere in tear due to the property. We don't have yeah, to deal okay. with any of that. So we control we control the tenants that come in. Well, not tenants actually. As a short term rental host, they're not even tenants. We control the guests that come in, and if they're doing something crazy, we can go ahead and ask them to leave. In regards to those tenant rights, 
short-term rental hosts don't have to worry about that because guests do not have tenant rights. If you guys are looking into getting into short-term rentals, here's a quick tip. Do not ever let any guests send mail to your location with their name on it because then they establish tenant rights and then you have to go through the eviction process. Don't ever let them do that. <laughs> so if they ever ask, be like, no. Uh, but since they don't have any established tenant rights. Wait, real quick. I, I want you guys to really understand the level of pro tip that was <laughs> because it also applies to long-term rentals just in a different way. More so if you're like in an owner-occupied uh, property and you want to like let somebody else come stay with you for a certain amount of time, but they may not be living there. The same thing applies. If they were to start receiving mail there, according to the law, they are now living there. So it's a whole nother problem. So just want to make sure you guys knew how much of a pro tip that really would. All right, go ahead. And I appreciate that because look, even though that we're debating, he's still going to give me some kudos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, respect to where respect is due. It doesn't mean you're not wrong. I mean, that part right there, you were right about that. Okay, for sure. So, I mean, that pretty much closes up my, my, my argument is pretty much we can maintain the quality of the guests that stay in our location. And two, since our guests don't have any tenant rights, uh, we can ask them to leave at any time if they're mistreating the property. All right. I mean, that's cool. And I really do understand that. And trust me, like I do understand the importance of having a good tenant in your units on a regular basis. But here's the thing to me, like you're going to have to keep on getting good tenants. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's say like, what's your best performing short-term rental? Like how often are you uh, switching? Uh, how often are you turning over to bring someone else? Well, I mean, it, it depends on the, the length of stay. Like, you control length of stay. I mean, depending on how you run your business, you can have a minimum length of stay be a single day or a minimum length of stay be, you know, a couple of days. Or you can even, there's places in California or, you know, depending on where you are, that are zoned for uh, 30 days or more. Like, you have to, okay. you know, no less, that's 30 day stays. So, so if the maximum... I would say it's probably 30 days, but for us, we run under 30 days. So we can, we can have as many turnovers. We can have between four to like eight turnovers on average, if I'm thinking. Okay. In a month. In a month. All right. So let's, so between four and eight. So let's say that's six. Let's even say it's four. So that means on an average of once a week, you're going to have to start doing something, anything, like any kind of action, you're going to have to consistently be getting this unit ready, uh, making sure nothing's broken. You're going to have to send your cleaners, send whoever to fix whatever it may be regularly. When you have a long-term tenant and especially a good long-term tenant, like they move in, they live in their apartment and you just get to sit there and collect your money. You know what I mean? And so this is why it's really important on how you choose your tenants, the screening, the background check, and everything like that, employment verification, because once you get a good tenant in there, you really don't want them to leave that soon. And ideally, they're going to be there for the length of whatever the lease term is, usually 12 months, sometimes six months, you know, depending on where you are, depending on how you run your property. But my point is, if you do enough upfront work and good enough upfront work to get a good tenant in there, you, for the most part, you can move a tenant in and not have to worry about that tenant for necessarily. You're actually more worried about the property. Like maybe something could just go wrong, a pipe could burst or whatever it may be, but still that's not, 
that's just how business is. Okay. But the tenant itself, like, get a good tenant, tell them, run me my money, and you just sit and you call it a day. Like, I'm not with all this back and forth and, like, running back, oh, like, is this a good tenant? Is this a, or not tenant, a guest? Is this a good guest? Is this a good guest? Oh, it was a good guest, but now he's gone in three days. Got to go find another good guest. So, you know, I don't know if I'm with that. Okay, so and that's the, here's the thing. We have so much more control. We have so much more control in regards to to the quality of our guest. You know what I mean? It, compared to the quality of a tenant. Because, look, you can run your background checks. You can you can run their credit checks. Right. And the thing is, that doesn't guarantee that that tenant is going to be a good tenant. It does. It does. <laughs> Most definitely. They they, on paper, they could look amazing. But the second that you're, you know, they get in there and they, they start occupying that property, they could be, you know, they could be horrible. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that that's every, you know, as you said, in most, in most scenarios, people walk into a situation and where it's a regular tenant. Okay. They're taking care of the property and, um, you know, they're doing things the right way, but you know, there's also scenarios in which they're not. And if this is your first investment, having control, uh, of the quality of your guests in our case in short-term rentals is a huge factor, uh, uh, especially when it comes to protecting your investment, but we'll get into that, uh, into our second argument. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. Like, I really do hear you, but like also again, like as far as long-term rentals, I think that goes back to like the upfront work. So for instance, like any, any property that I'm a real estate pro, so I'm a deal finder of multifamily real estate. So any property that I've found for a client, we have a good idea I mean, a semi-good idea, at least, of what to expect from the t current tenants if they're going to be remaining after the close of sale. So it's like, I believe that if you're doing enough up front to make sure you know what's going on, you can inherit tenants and be okay with it. Or you can inherit tenants that aren't good tenants, but at least you knew ahead of time. So you know what you're getting into, and maybe you're going to think of, uh, let me negotiate a cash-free keys or... Maybe they're backed up on rent and I tell them they can move out and I won't evict them. You know, like you do have certain control. You do have certain options. And if you're good enough at speaking with them or, you know, just even just conversing or maybe hire somebody to come do it on your behalf to let them know of their options, let them know what may happen if they were to proceed in the manner that they were, then you have an opportunity there to see what works best for you and that tenant moving forward is my only point. Okay. Well, is one of my. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, I think that we're going to let you guys decide on that. We're going to go ahead and roll over to our next topic within this. Are short-term rentals a better investment than long-term rentals? We're going to rock into our second subject into that, which is the wear and tear. All right, so to begin the wear and tear, so I'm going to say, so we had a situation, and this is as a short-term rental host, you know what I'm saying? This is as a short-term rental host. We uh, we walked into a situation where we let them stay for a couple of months at a time, right? And it was <laughs> actually I told you this story before. So it was this guy. It was his. It was his. I thought it was his wife, and they're like little baby. Oh, <laughs> and they remember. And they walked in to our. You know, we looking. I was. I was actually with the person who kind of showed them around. You don't have to do that, but I just. You know, it was our first. They're actually our first guest. You know, they walked in and, you know, they're they're living there for a couple of days. And all of a sudden I see the guy 
outside of the outside of the apartment and he's just going crazy he's going irate he's upset right um we can't see inside of the apartment we don't have any you know uh equipment inside of the apartment to monitor but he was outside in which we have doorbell cameras to kind of catch he's going irate and then you see him take off and then uh, a couple hours later you see this chick you know with her child and another guy and and they're all you know occupying the unit now so we're looking around me and my partner we start messaging each other like what is <laughs> like what is this situation so prior to him leaving he messes up our apartment he's knocking stuff over he's breaking things uh he's he's pretty much he's pretty much breaking down our apartment he's gonna try to blame it on the person on his girlfriend or whoever she was as <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> so so the thing is um the thing is like that's and that kind of brings me over to let me switch it over like if this happens and with a long-term tenant first of all you're probably not going to know because you don't have that type of security to monitor things like like that and if there is immense damage uh going on to the property or happening to the property once again you're not going to be aware of it until you know the day that they have to move out and when you move out you walk in and you're like this is a disaster <laughs> now smart investors who who operate uh long term they should have a fund you know created to handle any wear and tear but sometimes that fund isn't enough to cover all the damages you know what I'm saying? So in regards to wear and tear, I feel like short-term rentals have the advantage because we we can closely monitor the damages to our unit or we can protect our investment because right after their stay, no matter how long their stay is, we're in there to go ahead and get ready to turn it over for our next guest. And before, you know, we turn it over, we're looking for anything, any damaged property. We're looking for ways that they damaged our investment because we can then ask for reimbursement okay. so one short-term rentals short-term rentals if you're a good short-term rental host you know you have short-term rental insurance if the guests damage stuff you can go ahead and submit a claim on top of that you have airbnb if you're hosting if you're short-term renting your uh listings on airbnb you have air cover which is another layer of protection you know what I'm, you know what i mean like it's i think it's about a thought i think it's a million dollars of air cover Actually, in that situation, I had to use air cover because they messed up everything. We went and we bought our stuff again. We sent, we submitted a claim to air cover. They reimbursed us within a few days. So, I mean, in a, when it comes to wear and tear, the control aspect of that, I feel is huge. And, um, you know, I, th I feel like Airbnb, oh, sorry, short-term rentals uh, is superior in that form. Man, it's crazy. Like, I wish I thought about this earlier, but not to revert too much to the last topic, but it does kind of tie into this one, too. I don't know if you heard about what happened over the weekend in Beverly Hills. What what happened? <laughs> there was a shooting. Like, I know a couple people died, a few more, like, injured. And it was a very prominent, like, area. Obviously, Beverly Hills, like, if you know L.A., you know Beverly Hills is a high-income, high-net-worth location for the most part. Short-term rental in Beverly Hills, they had a party, one which was illegal, and then the, whatever happened, like one thing led to another, there was a shooting. People died. So it's like, <laughs> straight up, my man's keep talking about control and like the camera you can see and this and that. But it's like, what does the host do at that point? It's like, oh, well, someone died. <laughs> like, you guys got to go. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like, but then that goes back to the wear and tear. Like, if there's shooting and a party, like only God knows what kind of wear and tear even took place 
in that unit. You know what I mean? So it is a cool thing that Eric Cover, you said it's Eric Cover? Eric Cover, yeah. That Eric Cover is going to reimburse you. But then it's like, how long is the unit down while you're getting all those repairs made? Because you're losing money right there. So for long-term renters or for long-term property owners for who rent to long-term guests, I guess I should say, when someone puts in their notice or inquires that they're moving out, you actually do have an option to schedule what's called a pre-move-out inspection. And during this pre-move-out inspection, you get to see like, okay, how does the unit look? Especially depending if you don't go in the unit often. Some people, they're very hands-off, so they don't know what's going on in that property at all. Some other property management I've seen where like they may go in for one reason or another every couple of months or, you know, just to do some kind of city inspection, whatever it may be. But anyway, so during this pre-move out inspection, you start to get a good idea of what you're going to need. Like, okay, we're going to need to repaint the whole unit that costs this much. Uh, We're going to need a new dishwasher that costs this much, you know. So you can also at that time, you would have a moment of time to let the tenant know that they're going to be charged for certain things but then also you can get yourself prepared to start getting that thing stuff in order and you may have to use their security deposit which is the point of a security deposit you know like to repair to cover the damages left by you after you moved out so my point is like there's still more control it may not be as much as like oh like every tenant that comes in or like twice a week you see the condition of the property but then like that goes kind to like how much do i want to do that on a regular basis like you know like i do want a hands-off approach and like he said like a good investor is going to make sure they're putting aside money every month so it's like when you get paid rent it's not just like you get paid rent and it goes to your pocket first you have if you have a mortgage you're definitely paying the mortgage first you know pity uh piti payment insurance uh taxes you know what i'm saying so you got to pay for all that you do put aside for cap x which is capital expenditures which means like anything that goes wrong to the property but then there's also like other small reserves you're putting to the side too this is to help keep you safe and protected for if that does if there are unexpected unexpected um expenses so if that comes up often, just in business in general, not even just in real estate, just running business, there's going to be things you have to pay for that you didn't expect. So a good investor gets prepared for those things and you still do as much as you can to alleviate the stress and pressure from those things. Not to say that that means it goes away completely, but it does help a lot, you know, especially if you have a growth mindset and you're looking towards the big picture, you can't let any small thing just rock your boat all the time so to to i want to respond to the story that you told it's not a story <laughs> it, it happened it really happened <laughs> you remember space jam it wasn't a dream it really happened Sat, that's how i feel it wasn't a story this happened over the weekend i'll pull it up for you you're gonna pull it up i believe pull it up. i believe it. No, we need to know the details okay okay but go ahead while i pull up with the details both event. What I'll say in rebuttal to that is if depending on how you're running your short-term rental business, if you do not want parties, there's a ways that you can make sure parties are not thrown. One or a couple of ways that we make sure is a, we have a noise decibel monitor within our unit. We also have the uh, doorbell cameras that show anybody coming in and out of our unit. We can also monitor how many times the door is opened and closed. 
uh, just to see if there's anybody coming in and out of the unit at the same time. And with those different weight, those different uh, security checks, we then can have a good understanding of who is there, who's not supposed to be there. Uh, and we can then alert our guests and letting them know like, hey, too many people are here. Um, and you stated that this many people were coming and there's way more people than stated. It's either they all need to take off or we're going to cancel your reservation and ask you to leave. Once again, it's all about control. We have that control because they're guests. And if we want, I've, I've had to do it before, we have to escort people from the unit. You know, we have to escort people and let them know, like, okay, you need to leave or we're going to have a police escort. And we've actually had to call the police and escort people out, which is fine because we kept that payment. On top of that, we also opened those days up for to get even more cash uh, for new people to come in and, uh, you know, occupy that stead. But I have a question. Okay. So, so how often are you yourself checking for how many people are coming into the unit? So, or how frequent I should, I don't have, so I don't have to check that often. It's when you have on an average day, you can kind of monitor when somebody's leaving the, the, you know, the property and coming in. And if it's a normal amount of alerts, then you're, you're not really too worried about, you know, that the actions going on in that property. It's when you start to get multiple alerts, when you start to get multiple alerts of, you know, doors being open, lights are going off. And then, and then the, um, decibel monitor system is as high is at a higher threshold than that. I'm sorry, of which it should be. Then that's when you get suspicious and then you look into it. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that you have to do all the time, but when you feel like people are trying to take advantage of your, 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 you know, your house rules, then, you know, you go ahead and you can either do it yourself or if you're big enough to have your security team look into it. And if they're breaking those house rules, you can go ahead and let them know. All right. I feel that. I found the article. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it it all ties in. Okay. It really does. So at least three people killed, Mm. four others wounded in the shooting early Saturday morning. The thing is, it was at a short-term rental at around 2.30 a.m. So, if you get an alert at two thirty, you waking up. Yeah, but do you want to? Do no. <laughs> That's point number one. Okay. Point number one, and then what if you over? What if you don't wake up by the because of the alert? Okay. That then so, the party will go on. Can I? As they did in Beverly Hills. So as a long term Saturday morning. <laughs> so. As a long-term property owner, do you even know that there's a party being thrown? Do you even know that there's a shooting? All these things can better, go down. No, wait, wait a second. Better question. Wait a second. Better question. Can I finish? No, better can question. Do you even care? You don't. <laughs> you don't? No, if there's a party, no. I don't care if someone's having a party in the space that they rent to live at. Okay. I know it's way different for a short-term rental mm-hmm. because of certain implications and things going on. And then... You know, beside the point, this is in Beverly Hills. How do you think the neighbors feel? So I know these neighbors are heated. And the host, he could be like, oh, it's in my contract. No parties, no parties. They don't care about that. And these affluent neighbors, uh, that's the only detail I'm going to give you. Affluent neighbors, you know how they could be when they feel like you're disrupting their life. So that's only going to make it even worse for you in your short-term rental investment. So if you're having a party, if you're a long-term tenant and you're having a party and there is a shooting, all of these things apply, but you have no control. 
you probably don't even know because you don't have security systems going off. You're, there's probably, and say there is a shooting, there's damages to your property now. We, at least, we can know uh, ahead of time. We, we can, after they'll stay, we can go ahead and find out what damages have happened and we can charge them ahead of time. During that stay, you have no idea what type of damages are going down on your property. You have no idea what's broken. You, don't, you have no idea who got shot, whose blood spurts all over your, your carpet and uh, on your wall. True. You know what I mean? Like, there's, and, I, it does, and the thing is, parties can happen in affluent neighborhoods. Dude, watching the movie, what was it? What was it? What was it? Um, what's that movie called? Project X. You have a Project X party. I, I, you know, they had one. It looks like they somebody's parents cannot be home. And they can't even own the property. And those neighbors can still come out and have that, that, those type of issues with that party being thrown. So that kind of goes within the territory of having rental property in general. Okay, yeah. I get that. That's <laughs> true. And it's true because I do like that point because, like, running, if you own rental property, whether short term, long term, arbitrage, or you actually purchase the property, there's always going to be like, you know, highs and lows, give and go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never all going to be rosy. So I can respect that. I really do. Okay. But, <laughs> but, and it's a big but. My, you just made me lose my thought. Um, oh, yeah. So the but is that um, in the short term rentals, it goes back to you really don't know. So just as much as it seems like we don't know who we're renting to in a long-term rental, I feel even more so in a short-term rental. So let's say, for instance, I rent out an apartment, and this guy, he's, let's say he's, I don't know, 35 years old, and he's making 150000 a year, and he's got a good job at a, like, at a place that, expects you to stay in line you know what i mean like you know those high profile jobs right 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 i know these things about that guy so because i know these things statistics tell me that i can deduce that he would be a good prospect to rent to okay. you know what i mean like i just feel like on the short-term rental side there's not you don't do as much of a deep dive into the character of that guest okay so to rebuttal that not only can as short-term rental hosts you have the option to do the exact same checks as long-term renters do. You have the option if that's how you want to. Rent. So you do appointment checks. I don't have to do an appointment check as long as you're paying. As long as you're paying, because okay. you know, as long as they're giving us the payment ahead of time, we don't have to do an appointment check. That means you know what I mean. That makes sense. So uh, we do checks that uh, you can do a, a background check. You can do a financial check, uh, or, or sorry, a financial um criminals background check uh there's different checks that you can do on top of that on top of that which is my favorite if you're gonna if you're a short-term rental host and you're using you know the platforms like airbnb and vrbo the one of the most important checks that we do is looking at their past reviews from other hosts if i look at from other hosts i can i can make a decision an informed decision we from other think. so i can make an informed decision looking at the looking at their past performance from other hosts and if they're like, oh, no, they messed up the property. This place is nasty. It's disgusting. I can right there without any ramifications from these from these platforms deny their ability to stay at our location. But if I see that they're, you know, their reviews are great. They're like four point five star, five star, four star reviews. We can go ahead and allow them to stay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because we do something similar in long term renting where um, you do call the previous landlord or previous owner. 
Um, there are ways around it. People can lie, but if once you're in the game long enough, you do kind of get a good idea of how to make sure that you're talking to somebody who actually knows. Yeah. Um, I was in property management for like six plus years before I transitioned to real estate. So, you know, I've learned a lot of tips of the trade, tricks of the trade, as, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot of tricks of the trade, but like just that six years, there's people who know way more than me because they worked in different kind of properties or they did longer than I did. So it's like, as time goes on, you do get better at being able to vet and really check what kind of tenant this is. But again, like it still goes back to there's never anything for sure in business, but still like, I just feel like getting a good overall picture of who this tenant is will help you make a better decision in the long run. Yep. What I'll say is in regards, first off, Vote in the comments. Let us know who you think won this debate. And when you choose that I won the debate, just let Joey down easy, okay? Because <laughs> it, it's hard to, like, take this kind of loss about your baby short-term rental. So when you already lost the debate, you have to then try to convince the audience? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what we do. Okay. I see you. Go ahead and take a vote. Take a vote in uh, in our comments. Let you know. Let us know who you think won the debate. One thing we like to do at the end of our shows, we like to talk about you know things that you need to be in order to be a good investor, right? So I, I'll go ahead and add my first B right now. And I think the first B that anybody should be is be curious. You need to be curious uh, to kind of understand you know what's going on. If you don't if you don't have a curiosity to understand what's going on in the investment market. Uh, you'll never know. You could say you want to be an investor. You could say you want to take action, but if you're not curious enough to go ahead and look into that knowledge, you'll never go ahead and take that first step. So make sure we be curious and last, be you. All right. Uncommon State of Mind was hosted by my best friend, Joey, and myself, AD, two guys who started at the back of the queue in real estate. And now we want to give back by showing others the way to get in through the front door. Feeling inspired and looking to get your investment portfolio up and running so you can join the party in style? Hit us up at info at uncommonestateofmind.com and we can start talking. If you enjoy the show, please spread the word and show some love in the ratings so we could climb those charts together. Until next time, be uncommon.